spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. everyone this is melinda russell with racing girls rock podcast and i am super excited today to have as my guest another podcaster and um chrissy latrell is a podcaster on fast lap podcast i wanted to get that right she and her <laughs> friend Deb, uh, do that together and we're going to learn about chrissy today we're going to find out her story, how she got interested in racing and all about her podcast and how you can follow and listen to her as well. So Chrissy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Chrissy, um, I want you to just start by just sharing what you're comfortable with about sure. your family, where you live and what you have interest outside of racing. Okay, well, I am Chrissy Latrell. I live in Florida. I'm about an hour south of Daytona. So I get to claim Daytona as my home track, which it's awesome because so many people, I didn't realize how many people have it on like their bucket list. Like I understand the history behind Daytona, but with it being kind of right there, seeing so many people on social media that talk about it and just like, they've never been there. It's like, wow, I am lucky to have a track so amazing, technically in my backyard. Um, so I have two boys, Ronan, who's five, and Easton, who is seven. Ronan is huge into NASCAR. Easton, eh, he could care less, but he goes to the races and he enjoys it. You know, we give him stuff to entertain himself. But Ronan is obsessed with Denny Hamlin. This kid knows everything about NASCAR. He count, he uses the numbers, like we're counting down our trip to Charlotte and he's counting down the days with drivers. Like today it's 10 days. So it's Eric Almarola days and Chase Elliott sleeps until we go. Oh, that's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. We practice math with NASCAR drivers. We came up with this thing. I'll ask him like, you know, what's five plus four and he'll answer Chase Elliott. Or I'll be like, what's Chase Elliott plus uh, Denny Hamlin. He's like, um, Eric Jones. So we have our own little math thing going on to kind of help with that. Um, he's actually going to be starting in quarter midget racing here within the next year. We're literally just at the beginning researching. We have a quarter midget track about 15 minutes from us. It's a Space Coast Quarter Midget Racing Association. It's in a place called Valkyria, Florida. We took him to his first race to check it out a couple weekends ago and he was hooked. I mean, he's been hooked, but showing him kids his age racing, it, it like clicked. Um, so that's going to be happening hopefully within the next year. Um, my husband's name is Joe and he's the one who actually got me into NASCAR. I have been into racing since I was about 13, but it was drag racing because my older brother, um, he's three years older than me, but we've always been really close. He, his first car was a Mustang. His second car was a GT. So I kind of got into, we, we shared friends, more so me hanging out with him and his friends. And I would eventually bring my friends in the group, which was kind of funny because some of my friends ended up dating some of his friends and it was really cool. So I, I grew up hanging out for on most weekends in my brother's friend's garages when they built their cars for the drag strip. So our local drag strip is Orlando Speed World. And um, we would go during the week, we'd go out there. My parents were, you know, trusted him with me. So I'd go out and hang out and I was, thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I was like, I want to do this. I hardly never saw like any girls at the track racing. They were always there as like the girlfriend or, you know, the, the sisters. So I was like, I can do this. So I got into it. I didn't ever did anything more than just occasional fun racing. Although I wanted to, I told my dad when I was 15, I wanted to go. I didn't even know where to start. But I was like, I want to go to drag racing school. And he's like, no. So that didn't happen, but you know, whatever. So I, I grew up with NHRA and going to all the events and car shows. And I, I, my first car was a Firebird. I thought it was so cool because I had the T-tops as a 98 Firebird. I called it the Fire Chicken, which is a common nickname for it. 
and now I've gone through Mustang. I had a GT, 40th anniversary GT. I had an 03 Cobra and now I have an 04 Celine that her name is Gigi. And then, like I said, my husband got me into NASCAR. We actually met through the whole drag racing thing because he has an 03 Cobra. He actually lived in the apartment complex where me and my brother lived and because we lived together for a while and we just all became friends through the Mustang thing and it was kind of cheesy. We had like our own Mustang club. We started this group where we live called, um, originally it was Muscle Mustangs of Brevard and then it kind of grew into Brevard Mustangs and we had car shows, car meets, we had a whole forum online. So I was deep into cars ever since I, before I could drive. So my husband and I, he started showing me NASCAR. I had seen it here and there growing up, but like I said, I was more into drag racing. So I was like, I just didn't understand NASCAR. Um, and I think the first race I watched through completion was when Chase Elliott won his Xfinity championship. And when I found out he, I was like, who is this kid? and found out he's from Dawsonville, Georgia, which I have family in Cumming, Georgia, which is the town pretty much right next door to Dawsonville. Yeah. So to me, he was the closest thing to a hometown driver. And I was like, heck yeah, that's that's my driver. And then the more I've watched him grow and progress as he went into cup, I just really grew to like him as his personality and drive for the the sport of NASCAR. And, you know, I, Unlike what most people think when a girl likes Chase Elliott, I do not like him for his looks. He is a good looking dude. Good for him. You know, great. Right. Not my, not my thing. Um, so it's kind of when I, when people ask me who my driver is, they tend to roll their eyes and I'm like, hold on, let me give you the story. It's actually a legit reason. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got into NASCAR and that's where I'm at. I'm a newer fan, but I feel like I kind of have that perspective from someone who's not been there from the beginning to right. kind of look at the past, take what's going on and kind of see where it's going. So, yeah. You know, that's <laughs> interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, because people roll their eyes when I tell them my favorite driver, that's Kyle Busch. <laughs> I love it. And so, you know, I have a story too, because I was at a restaurant um, and we, I went to my first NASCAR race in Michigan because I, I live in Michigan. So that's my home track, if you will. Nice, nice. And um, my big goal for the weekend was because we were kind of new into the NASCAR thing. My oh, yeah. son had been racing, but uh, you know, I was just really getting into it. And that's been about 15 years ago, maybe so. But my whole goal for the weekend was to buy a really cool looking sweatshirt. <laughs> and I wanted something bright colors, you know, and so every I went to every hauler because I didn't have a favorite driver. Yeah, yeah, I went to every hauler and they're black or gray, black or gray, right. nothing. And then I go to the M&M's hauler and I was just like in overload, you know, so I bought this really cool red sweatshirt with the M&M's all over it. We went to dinner that night and this young gal and guy came over and stopped at the table and they said, oh, we wanted to introduce ourselves. We see that you're a Kyle Busch fan. Uh -huh. I wasn't going to say no. I got his jacket hanging on. Yeah, you're like, yeah. So I said, yeah. And and so they they sat down and visited and they were his PR people at the time. Wow. Awesome. This was before he was married. This was when he was kind of the bad boy, you know, <laughs> the bad boy back in the day. And yeah, bad boy in training. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so we had the nicest conversation and they actually gave me two hats. One said pole sitter and one said um, crew chief or something, but they're hats that not just anybody can get. Right. So from then on, I was like totally Kyle Bush fan, you know, yeah. after meeting these young, these young people. And I've been a fan ever since, but I like, I like all the drivers really. Yeah. There's a couple mm -hmm. that are not my favorites. Right. But um, <clears throat> like Chase Elliott, I like Chase Elliott too. I think he's a great kid. He's, mm -hmm. he's a great driver. And I love, I love his humbleness. Mm -hmm. He's so humble and just, yes. he's from Dawsonville, Georgia, and he's, he's never down to earth different. And so um, there's a lot of guys in NASCAR that when you get to know them and yeah. you take away, maybe they're the way they drive on the track, they're mm -hmm. great people. Mm -hmm. So um, there's always a reason why you have a favorite driver, yes. right? Yes, you have there's to get always, there some way. <laughs> there's always a story somewhere about who the favorite driver is. Yeah, I think Ronan liked Denny Hamlin. 
he started liking NASCAR when he was three. So he didn't really understand a lot of it. I think he just was drawn to Denny because he liked the colors purple and orange. Uh -huh. But then he started, you know, more he understood and the more he watched it, like it's just full on fandom. Like this kid, he turns into like a 30 year old man yelling at the TV. He'll be like, come on, Denny. I know you can do it. Let's go, Denny. I've got videos of him screaming at the TV. I've, he literally cried. I have a video on social media somewhere. I forget what race it was. Oh, it was the first race Truex won this season. And he, Denny was so close. Uh-huh. And when he lost, because it was, I think it was between Chase, Denny, and Truex, and he just started bawling, and he saw Truex leading, and, like, my husband was happy because he's a Truex fan, and Ronan just, he started crying. He's like, I know, Chase, Denny, you're not going to win, Aww. and it was so sweet, and I'm like, oh, my husband's over here, like, screaming and yelling, and I'm like, could you just dial it down? Your kid's yeah. a little upset, and yeah. But he's so funny. It's it's true. Like everyone has a reason they are drawn to someone. And yeah. I'm like you. I I like all the drivers. I mean, I don't. There are some that I'm like, yeah, you know, if they win, whatever. If if they lose, whatever. But I genuinely am excited. Like Austin Dillon wins. I'm like, heck yeah, man, that is awesome. Because I know he's got a lot of people that talk. Everyone talks crap about drivers, but like, yeah, he gets a lot of he does because of his family ties and and him being in the three and. Same thing, even for Truex and Kyle Busch, my other son, Easton likes Kyle Busch, but like I said, he's not really into NASCAR. So I think it's just because of the candy, uh -huh. which most kids like him for. But right. I even, I, I wasn't a fan of Kyle Busch last year with the whole chase thing when they, they spun out, but I respect him. Um, I actually met him because we went to the award ceremony back in Nashville when they had it in 2019. And I met him and Samantha and they are the sweetest people mm -hmm. in the world. Sam is an absolute doll and it breaks my heart right now what she's going through with her yeah. infertility. Um, but I told Kyle that he was my oldest son's uh, favorite and he was like, smart man. And he took picture with us and he was so cool and yeah. so down to earth. I mean you got to have someone like I know a lot of people don't like him because of his personality and how he is but what kind of gets me is it's like would you say the same thing about Dale Earnhardt back in the day like if we right. had Twitter and social media when Dale Earnhardt was around it's the same thing and yeah. even down to Noah Gregson I know some of the stuff he's done I'm not gonna put a lock and and ball and chain on someone's ankle for stupid things they've done or said I'm just gonna look at for me in, in NASCAR I'm looking how they're performing on track what they're doing for their sponsors you know doing what they can for their career and some of those guys are really good with their fans their sponsors and people that don't like them fine you know what they're they're not for they're not for you so I no, if, we, that. if every driver was Mr. Nice Guy right it'd be boring exactly. we've got to have somebody who's kind of shaking things up and like yeah like Noah, you know, I like Noah. I love the mm -hmm. way he drives. He's so passionate about what he yes. does. Yes. And so how can you not love that about a young guy mm -hmm. that's, that's in motorsports? And yeah, he's done and said some stupid things, but he's young. If he yeah. wasn't well known, nobody would care. Right. And he learned, he's unfortunately in the spotlight at yeah. that age where you're growing up and you make mistakes. How many times we as you know teenagers back in the day growing up and have made mistakes done dumb things and if we were in the spotlight we would get ripped apart too and the whole social media thing it's itself is just a it's a good and bad thing because so many people have so much access and I see drivers there's a lot that are really interactive with their fans they follow they talk you got like Anthony Alfredo's great. He yeah. talks with a lot of fans. Joe Graff Jr. went on a following spree last year during the pandemic, trying to make people happy during this craziness. Uh -huh. And Spencer Boyd's another one who's great, who interacts and talks with people. And a lot of, I just, you see so much negativity, especially on Twitter. I do a lot yeah. of my podcasts and NASCAR stuff on Twitter because I try not to flood Facebook too much because I have a lot of family on there and, you know, yeah. coworkers. So I'm not trying to drive them nuts they get enough snapchats when i'm at races and hear about it at work that i've got little i've got the little one um i forget the size 184 or 181 um sorry that's my washing machine um the little little cars and i had one when i went to work and i put it next to my computer desk at each random desk i would sit at because i work um in the chiropractic office but we treat auto injury but i do x-ray therapy front desk front office i do everything 
And so one day I came into work and they had taken all the chase cars and taped them to each computer at the top. And they put up with all my NASCAR rambling. <laughs> I've actually gotten some of them interested in watching it yeah. because of it. So I feel like I'm doing, You're doing your part. Lord's work here, trying to spread the good word of NASCAR right. around the office. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's hard because people are so opinionated and it makes me feel, I'm so empathetic for people. Like when I see someone getting tearing, torn apart, like yesterday, poor Natalie Decker, the girl's just trying to figure out herself and people are ripping her apart. We've had her on our show twice. We've talked to her a few times. She is an absolute sweetheart. Mm -hmm. My kids met her. My oldest one, Easton, ran up to her at Daytona one day, gave her a hug and she just spent time with him. He has mm -hmm. like the biggest crush on her. Um, but it's just so, it's so unfair. Like these, we're just trying to figure out their lives. Right. You know? If people were looking at you the way you look at them, what would they say about you? Yeah, look in the mirror. You know, Natalie's, yeah. Natalie and her family have become good friends of mine. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I've interviewed her several times mm -hmm. and spent time with her mom and, and Aunt Sue at the races yep. and, and different things. And, and, you know, give the kid a break. Right. I mean, come on. And, you know, Sheldon Cree's getting so much crap right now, too, mm -hmm. about his post about the $15,000. And, and it's, oh, I know. you know, there's a lot of people that do not understand the backside of racing, the inner workings of getting those sponsors and what it costs to put that car on the track. Mm -hmm. People just, you know, and I tell people all the time, even at small races, you know, like I go to Kalamazoo Speedway, that's my home track. Mm -hmm. It's right here. My granddaughter's race there. If, yeah. you know, go and be part of a pit crew just one night. Right. Go at noon when they get there at noon. Mm -hmm. You don't show up till seven o'clock when the races start. Go yeah, you don't know what they go through. Go and see what it counts. You know, go to the tire barn and pay for the tires. Right. You, exactly. you put yourself in those spots. And yeah. Sit in the stands and criticize because right, right. it's a whole different perspective. Absolutely. And then you get torn apart for standing up for them. And that's why kind of like part of where, like with our podcast, we're trying to promote the behind the scenes people. We would, we love having drivers on, but right. we, our thing is we love to talk to people in the background that don't get time to talk about their experiences. The people that don't get the attention they deserve. There's a lot of hardworking people. You don't know their names. Right. You may see, like, I like how, um, I, I can't remember. I think both NBC and FS or Fox have been trying to do like the pit crew stars and, uh -huh. you know, focus on that, which is great. And we actually found our guest Liz Pristella through that. Cause I make notes of when I see, uh, I yeah. text Deb immediately. I'm like, we got to have her on, or we got to yeah. have him on. Liz has become one of our good friends. We've had her on a couple times and we're actually going to meet up with her when we go to Charlotte. And it's just the amount of stuff these people do that you never hear about is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. This girl, Liz runs, could run the show. She's yeah. incredible. And yeah, it's, that's our thing is we want to bring voices and bring appreciation and respect and open the people's ears and eyes to what does go on behind the scenes. Right. It's a lot more than just race day, pit strategy, crew chief, pit crew drivers. It's them and then the whole army behind them. Uh -huh. And some teams like Starcom, like Charlie Langenstein is one of my good friends. Starcom's got like 15, 20 employees and they have to, and they're tearing down a car and rebuilding it for the next week, you know, and they don't have as much money or resources or people right. as say Hendrick, who has like 600 employees. Exactly. And then people break Quinn Huff and it's like, I get it. He's it's frustrating on the track, but these are human beings, guys. Like, yeah. calm down. Right. <laughs> it's a little frustrating, but so you can't fix that, it. that you know Liz because I met Liz um probably four or five years ago. Uh-huh. And she was working for Chris Busher's team. Yes. And um, and we met her at Michigan, and I I had found her on social media. I had interviewed her way early on in the magazine. Mm -hmm. So I do a digital magazine and she was one of my very first stories. Then I met her in person. We've hung out together, well, before COVID a lot right. when I was going to the races and she's just a tiny thing and you she wouldn't is. think she could throw those tires around the way she does. And like you said, she's, she's just an amazing young woman. Yeah. She has her, her torqued company with her yes. clothing that she's developed and, and, she, and, you know, to move from California Mm -hmm. All the way across the country, I think she was 18 or nine. I don't know, she was young 
and leave your family. That's pretty impressive for uh, a young girl, especially. So there's so many, uh, Brianna Daniels is another Mm -hmm. one. Um, you know, yeah, I've reached out, we've reached out to her. Um, we haven't heard back from her. I know she's actually gotten really busy after they featured yeah. her. Yeah. So we're like, that's cool. We'll try her again a little bit. Yeah. Like, she's stress. <laughs> she's, she's a great interview. And you know, I'm like you too. I want to talk to the, just like you, uh, you're not a driver, but I want to know what are you doing? How are you promoting yeah. NASCAR and racing and, and women? Because you're, you know, you're a big supporter of women as well as, you know, the other people behind the scenes. And, and there's just so much to it that people don't know. Exactly. And that's it too. I like starting the podcast. So I know we mentioned that earlier and I kind of got off track. So I'm going to kind of like tie it in. Circle back. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the circle back. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of start, originally I was thinking of doing like a blog or something because I was, I was stay at home mom for a few years. I had to leave my job when I had Ronan. Uh, daycare and income was literally at this and there was no point in working when my entire paycheck but maybe 50 bucks was going to daycare yeah so I just I wanted to do something I didn't like just kind of I love the whole mom thing but I kind of feel like I lost part of myself so I was like maybe I'll do like a blog because you know I have the boy mom thing going on and I'm into racing but I just can't get the time to sit down and dedicate to building a website writing material I did some writing from my friend Rob Tiongson reached out to me from the podium finish and had me come on as a writer and I did a couple articles but I just never have the time to sit down and write and I was like well you couldn't tell I'd like to talk which is weird because I'm actually really shy um like when I go to races I'm always like I don't want to bother them I don't want to my husband's like they're literally here go this is they know they expect it uh, but I do, I like to talk and I like to talk about racing and everything. So I was like, hey, I think I could do a podcast. And Deb had reached out to me. She did an article. She writes for um, a website called tebben.com, T-E-H-B-E-N.com. Don't know how the name came out. That's her thing. But she writes for them and she reached out to do, she was doing an article on women in motorsports and like fans because there was a, a time and it still is that way where a lot of female fans were kind of picked on because again like I said earlier they tend to think we're in racing because the guys are cute and oh my god look at his butt in that fire suit and it's like no no, there is a (laughs) large amount of girls that are like that and I see that all over social media but that is not me that is not Deb and we know there's she grew up in NASCAR so like you said she's got a different background she's a fun interview too because she grew up going to races with her dad so she was always kind of given that stereotype so she reached out to me. She wanted to get, you know, asked me a couple questions about being a fan and stuff like that. Um, so we kind of became friends. We messaged back and forth and I immediately felt like we got along really well. We kind of had the same views on a lot of things. We would message privately, you know, through DM and stuff because God forbid you vocalize your opinion on Twitter. It's like, watch out. Oh yeah. So um, we just became friends. And then in my head, I was like, you know, I bet she would be cool to do a show with. So just I was like, hey, would, uh, you want to do a podcast? And she was just like, okay. And that's literally how it started. And we spent like a week and a half trying to figure out a name. It was so hard to get yeah. a name because mm-hmm. everything we came up with that didn't sound super tacky and stupid was taken. We would like, yeah. we had like a list of like 20 to 30 names and we Googled all of them. And um, I think the the one that almost we almost chose was like I think it was like beyond the checkered flag or something with like he the heels and the highline or something like that but then I was like that almost is too tacky because it's bringing we don't want to play on the women thing because we don't want it to come across like oh look at these ditzy girls they're talking about heels and so it just she was like what about fast lap because you know Jesse Punch's show the pace lap is close but it's not the same thing and I was like Sure. So we kind of settled. We started out, we still call it kind of like Fast Lap with Chrissy and Deb, but it's also Fast Lap podcast. That's it's the same thing. Yeah. So that's how that started. And we were such a mess when we started the show. We didn't know how to record. We didn't know how Zoom worked. I just assumed it automatically recorded and everything would be great. (laughs) We've never met. And the only time we ever like did a talk where we were actually talking and not texting was a couple hours before our first show, we did a Zoom, a Zoom call to test it out. And that was the first time we like met. 
and the first show was a hot mess. It didn't record. I had to use my phone. I had to have my phone sitting next to me, audio recording. And then I had to take that audio recording, edit it. And it was the most I get embarrassing. It. You're where everybody's been. Yes. I get it. <laughs> it was awful. And I was so embarrassed. And I was like, this, no one's going to listen to this crap. Sorry. Um, but it's true. Um, and so we just kind of kept rolling with it and through her interviews for that article, thankfully she had a couple connections that we were able to have come on the show. And from there, we just, we have no idea how it grew the way it grew. And we were just expecting it to just kind of be like, we're just doing this for fun, but it like out of nowhere, just kind of got bigger than we thought. And it's not huge, but it's gotten way bigger than we thought it would. And we just have so much fun doing it. We love talking to people. We love hearing stories. And some of the people we talked to, like no one, no one asks to talk to. Like we had Rich Pickerel on a couple weeks ago. He was a former transport driver for Hendrick and the stories he told us about a young Chase Elliott being a little, little prankster with him. And it was just hysterical. And also with Brent Wentz, who is amazing. He's been everywhere. He's the Indy 500 winning spotter last year. So he's another one who's amazing, a wealth of stories, a wealth of knowledge, and no one, no one has these guys on. And we're just like, we're tapping into this, this gold mine of mm -hmm. history. And like, you know, yeah, we want to talk to people that are current, but also like the past and the background, that stuff is what we find interesting. That's the stuff you don't hear about. Like right. the, the sitting around the table, sharing a beer, sharing stories type of thing is our vibe like my my inspiration for where I wanted the podcast to go was the Dale Jr. download because I oh, love yeah. how he just has people on and everyone's comfortable and yeah. you feel like you're sitting at a table with a group of friends exactly. reminiscing and that's that's how we like to put the show and it just naturally goes that way and I I just love where it's at right now yeah and you know so when you were talking about the people behind the scenes mm -hmm. um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and mm -hmm. um the Dale Jr. Download and uh, Dorp Upper Claire are yes. two of my favorite. I yes. laugh out loud yes. at, at some of the things and I, I absolutely love both of them. But, um, you know, the whole Lost Speedway thing, look how that took off. And so mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast last night and it was one that's more regional. You know, it's not something that's that's NASCAR necessarily related, but they were talking about NASCAR and they were talking about the same thing. There's, there's guys who should be in the Hall of Fame mm -hmm. who've never been there or who've never gotten there because people don't really now, like maybe even, there's even some they mentioned I'd never heard of. And they were talking about the same thing back in the 50s and when NASCAR originally started. You know, there's so many good stories, but nobody's really gone there to, right. to talk to. And, and some of those guys are gone, but there's somebody that would know them or know their story. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about, you know, um, they really, they were talking, they really missed a chance during COVID. They should have been doing that. And so, yes. but you know, you have to have the thoughts and the ideas, but so interesting because honestly, I was never a history buff, mm -hmm. but the whole NASCAR history, like Lost Speedways, I watched every episode of the first season, wow. binged it. Yeah, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I love these stories. And, yeah. and as a writer and, you know, I owned a newspaper, weekly newspaper years cool. ago and it was called the good, you know, the little tagline was the good newspaper. We yeah. didn't print the court reports. We didn't print the alcohol accidents. We did a human interest story school. And, and that's what I love. I love hearing your story. I love hearing somebody else's story about why they got interested in racing and and there's so many out there like you said we haven't even begun to tap into those people absolutely it's it's crazy because you don't think about like you said you don't think about it and we actually got to have brent on because liz suggested him so she was like you've got to talk to brent once he's wonderful which by the way he owns days gone by vintage apparel on etsy so if you ever need any oh. vintage shirts check it out. It's days with a Z gone by. I promote the heck out of it because he's got wonderful stuff. He's a wonderful person. Uh, we love him to death. Um, but then through that, you get to, to meet more and more people yeah. and get to know more. And 
you know, aside from background people, we try to get the women on, of course, because we are a women podcast. I, I came up with the, the hashtags and trying to make it a big thing. So if girls get women get into NASCAR, they can maybe look for a hashtag and realize there's people out there. So I started hashtag women of NASCAR just as an overall drivers, team members, industry members, fans, anyone who is looking for people that are accepting because it's still like that where you're yeah. going to get, there's a lot of people that accept. There's a lot of people that don't. And it's like right. that in a lot of areas. So, you know, working on that, but like we've had Amber on, we've had Natalie, we've had, uh, we're going to have Gracie Charter on next week. Yeah. She's and awesome. She, she's, she was actually supposed to be on last week, but she got stuck at the shop. So we rescheduled, which no big deal. It happens. Life happens. Yeah. And that's another thing is we try to be really flexible because we get it. Um, we've also had Hannah Newhouse on Jesse punch, you know, all those girls, Emily Butler, who does the social media for Truex management, all these wonderful women who are awesome. They have their own personality, but they are doing their job and they're kicking butt doing it. And it makes me so happy to know that there's so many women out there that are doing it and working hard. And, you know, one day I'd love to be able to talk to, you know, Jamie Little and Caitlin Vinci and all of them. So we're working on it. <laughs> you just steps. have to reach out. I did exactly. I Jamie Little. You just have to reach out. And yeah. Brittany Zamora would be another great. Oh, we actually did. We had okay. her on. I, we, she was one of the first drivers we had on and she yeah. is, oh, she's wonderful. She is she's fun. And I hope to see her. She's been doing good this past season. She I'd love to been. see her get some more success. I can't wait to see to see her and Gracie start moving up in the ranks. Yeah. Um, I've actually met Haley a couple times, Haley Deegan at the track and interacted with her on social media a few times, but now she's getting big. So we're working on yeah. reaching out to her as well. But it's just to us, it's, it's like you said, you just reach out. Our thing in the beginning was we were so nervous because we were afraid of the no, uh -huh. but we got to the point where we were like, okay, so they say no, you ask someone Move else. Move on, exactly. Right. exactly. And, that's, and that's where we are. We had one of the biggest guests one of my favorites i have a lot of favorites i every time i get off the show we hop back on to do like a our own little decompress yeah. we always say oh my god i love them after we get off because we have so much fun with these people but uh -huh. one of my favorite was we had eddie DeHaunt on oh yeah about a month after the championship and i love him not only for being on the nine team but he's also from long island which is where i'm originally from and I listen to him every race and I just love the way him and Chase just, they vibe and yeah. talking to him was like, oh, yeah. it was so fun. And he's a great An out of body experience, huh? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, he said he'd come back on this season at some point to check in and I can't wait to have him back. And I told Deb, I was like, you know what? One of these days we're just gonna, I'm just gonna work my way through the whole Hendrick team until eventually I get Chase on. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. That's, that's my end of the road yeah. goal. I one mean, day to have you know, it's, it's interesting though. Those, they're just people. Exactly. And, and you know, they all put their pants on one leg at a time as the old yep. saying goes. And, and you just have to reach out. And yes, they're busy. It's race season. And they're, especially if they just want to race and they're, you know, yeah. on every social media thing you can find <laughs> but but you know you just have to reach out and you never you know. know and yeah I've had I've had people that I've reached out to and they're like Melinda I'd love to but I just can't do it right now mm -hmm. come back you know and so I just have my running list of people that that I'm yeah. gonna go back to usually in the off season is better but yes yeah but, the bigger um, name yeah but um it's it's so great to talk to someone else you and Deb doing kind of what kind of what I'm doing only different, but, but similar. We're going down the same path, um, you know, promoting women and I'm not against the guys at all. I love the guys, um, you know, would interview them as well, but, but the women tend to not always feel as comfortable mm -hmm. um, in their situation. You know, last year I had about 15 events scheduled at NASCAR tracks. Nice. And the point of the, the, the point of those events were we were going to have um, two or three women on a panel. Um, you'd be able to, you know, come to the event, or maybe it would be in the infield on a stage. You know, they were all different. But um, to to encourage women to come to the track, yes, because a lot of women think, oh, racing is for my husband, racing's right. for guys, and it's mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. You know, women are the fastest growing demographic in, in motorsports. Mm -hmm. And so Absolutely. have something for women 
to invite them to make them feel like this event is geared towards you. Let the men come. You're welcome you. and accepted. Right. And, and that, hey, we want to show you that racing is for women, you know? And so anyway, um, hopefully we'll get back to that maybe in 2022. Fingers um, crossed. <laughs> we're hoping, yeah, we were supposed to, the biggest event we were supposed to do last year was the Xfinity Championship race in Phoenix. Nice. And of course that got canceled. So maybe, you know, we'll be able to do something this year, but hopefully we're going to get those going and you guys would be great guests Absolutely. to have on our panel. So I'll keep you updated on that, but absolutely. I'd love to, especially if you're in Florida, let me know. Cause like I said, Daytona, Miami, I'm right there. And if I got to fly somewhere, I will take a mommy vacation. And I'm yeah, gonna... <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. So yeah, you know, um, you were talking about Daytona and it really is a bucket list for so many people. Um, there's no place. I mean, I love Phoenix. That's one of my favorite tracks, but um, man, there's nothing like Daytona. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't, we sat in the stands the first year we went for part of the time. Then we were in the infield, the other part. And I wouldn't, I, you know, the stands are great, but I love the infield. Me too. I'm the same way. I love the, it's the energy because for me, I love feeling the, the teams running around the excitement uh -huh. you hear in the cars. My, we've gotten garage passes a few times for different reasons. And it's just, just for me, sometimes I like the times we've gone, I just stand there and sometimes I just watch, just watch mm -hmm. the chaos and watch them work. And it's just so, it sounds weird, but I know you'll appreciate it, but it's beautiful in its own it way. It's a beautiful chaos to see this machine of NASCAR and all these different teams doing all their different things and the drivers. And I just love being there. I told Deb, I was like, one day when COVID's lifted, like we're going to Charlotte, we're actually going to meet for the first time at Charlotte. We skipped okay. the whole, we skipped the whole meet in person thing. We're just going to go meet and we're, we're renting an Airbnb together. We're going to live together for a whole week. Me and my kids, my husband, her and her husband. Um, nice. And so we're hoping by like 2022, we can try to do some kind of like, you know, event thing and, and yeah. hang out with some, some of our friends on the teams and I'm just looking forward to being back at a race. I've never been to Charlotte, never been to any track outside of Florida. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah. And I totally understand what you mean. The infield is its own life and the grandstands. They're great when you want to just sit and relax. I'm the type. I can't sit still though. I love to yeah. like, keep moving and see everything. We change seats. Every time we go, we'll sit at pit entrance. We'll sit at pit exit. We'll sit at the start finish, uh -huh. you know, everywhere. Um, but my yeah. thing every race, what I do with Ronan now, I grab him and depending on where we're sitting about 10 to 15 laps to go, I'll take him and we book it to the start finish line. Cause he loves to watch the drivers do their burnout, their yeah. winning interviews. Um, actually in at the clash last year, uh -huh. he, we ran down to see Eric Jones when he won and we were there just looking and the woman pointed and pulled us down to give him the flag. Well, we run down there. My son is extremely shy. He rejected the checkered flag. I don't know if you watched that race, but he, Eric tried to give him the flag and he just stood there and stared at him. And I was on, I was mortified. I'm like, I am on national TV. My kid is staring at Eric Jones, like, like good this. Michigan boy. <laughs> because Yeah. Well, because he thought Eric Jones stole the win from Denny. He didn't realize oh. Denny Hamlin was a lap down and was pushing Eric Jones to the win because he's his teammate. So he was so mad at Eric. And it went viral. I oh, was dear. blown up. I was I'm like, sure I saw it, but I <laughs> wouldn't have remembered. So yeah, that's okay. And I went on, I had to go on, um, my husband does Reddit. So I went on the NASCAR Reddit and he was like, everyone's talking about it. You got to go on and clear it up. Cause people were saying Eric Jones took the flag away from him oh. and they were saying bad things about him. So I had to go on and explain. I had to prove it was me, like take a picture with Ronan and you know, all this stuff. I, my phone was blowing up for like a week straight. I ended up having someone from Toyota racing reach out. He's like, we want to make this better. We, you know, Eric feels bad. He wants to see Ronan. So we got to meet and hang out with Eric for a little bit the day of the 500. And of course I'm talking to him this whole time. And I'm like, Ronan, when you see Eric, you can talk to him, right? You're going to, you're yeah. going to be, you're going to talk and interact. He's like, yeah, we're, he's skipping. We're walking past all the trailers, the whole, uh, the, the RVs. We get to Eric's RV. He comes out. He's like, hey, Ronan. And Ronan is just like staring at him. It's like, here we go again. Like he does it to everyone. Ever since he was an infant, people will come up to him. Oh, hi, sweetheart. And he just stares at them. And yeah. I'm like, you've like, 
if he met Denny Hamlin, he would probably do the same thing. And he yeah. loves Denny Hamlin. I was going to ask <laughs> if he'd ever met Denny Hamlin yet. He kind of did um, at the 500 this past year. Of course, it's before COVID. They did a, a Q&A before the 500. It was a ticket package with Denny. They had originally announced they were doing one with Chase Elliott. So I bought the tickets to go do the Q&A with Chase Elliott. The next day, they announced Denny Hamlin. And being the mom, I was like, Okay, I need to I need to get the Denny Hamlin tickets. I can't I can't yeah. do that to him, you know. So I, I worked it out with the people at Daytona that we traded in the tickets. They just did like an even trade, um, and we went to that. We got there super early. I took his. He's got this date the Daytona 500 winning car from when Denny won the 2019 Daytona 500. You push a button, it plays audio from the in car when he. Oh, won. that's awesome! Really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So we took that. <coughs> excuse me. And I was like, all right, when it's over, we were sitting front row. So Ronan's on my left, just, just, just staring at Denny with these eyes. So when they were wrapping up, this woman behind me, we had kind of talked before it started about how much Ronan likes Denny. She's like, she's like, go ahead, go run, get him before he leaves. So I got Ronan in my arm and, and Easton is sitting there and the woman's like, I'll watch the, I'll watch your other son, like, just go. So I throw Ronan into my arm. I've got the car in the other hand and I'm running up and I was like, Denny, Denny, Denny. And I was like, I explained to him, I was like, this was the little boy who got mad last week because he thought you lost, like, he loves you, could you sign it? And he looked at Ronan and smiled and signed the car. And then when we did, when they did the the intros, again, we parked our butts right next to that stage super early. Yeah. And we were right up against the stage. And when I put Ronan on my shoulders and it was actually, I was actually leaning on the edge of the stage a little bit because he was, I wanted him to get the high fives. And Denny walked right by Ronan and he stopped looked at Ronan and it looked like he kind of remembered him and he handed him the Coke bottle that he signed while he was walking. So he recognized him. Yeah. And that was like, he, like, so he didn't officially meet, meet him, but he made that connection a couple of yeah. times and that was and like, he will. yeah. And yeah. he, he was so excited. And, oh, we also had his shirt signed because at Daytona, you know, they have the glass yeah. windows. We ran up, Denny was there and I took Ronan's shirt off because I had nothing for him to sign because I wasn't expecting him to be there. <laughs> So, and this was the week prior. So, and I just like ripped it off him and shoved it under the window. And I, he laughed, Denny laughed because he saw me just pull it off of him and he signed it Yeah. with a smile. So yeah, he ended up having a really good Daytona 500 that year. Sounds like <laughs> it. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. I was actually there. At the, were you? Yeah, was I was. Such a good race. Yeah, it was. Until the end. <laughs> Until the end. But yeah. yeah. It, and the weather was not a hundred percent, but you know, yeah, that's, that's racing, right. Yeah. And Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of memories and, and stories that we're looking forward to telling one day when he's older. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, that's the thing where, you know, you're talking about your family. It's not something yeah. that your husband's off doing alone mm -hmm. or you're off doing by yourself. It's something that it's a family sport, right. you know, a lot of sports are, but I think NASCAR is more of a family than any sport. My kids played basketball. They were in, mm -hmm. my girls were in cheerleading. My son played baseball, mm -hmm. all these sports. Yeah, it's great. And you make a lot of friends, but it's not the same as your racing family. It's right. a whole different feeling. Absolutely. And then, unless you've felt it or been involved, mm -hmm. it's hard to explain to people. Yep. You know, now that, now that we've met through Zoom, if you mm -hmm. reached out to me and said, Melinda, I'm coming to Kalamazoo. I need this. Or mm -hmm. I'm, can you get me this? Or how can I help? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to jump through hoops to do whatever you need. Right, because exactly. Your family now, right? And mm -hmm. so that's just how that's just how it works. Exactly. And I love that part of it. That's I how I feel it. too, because it's also I think NASCAR is, except for the whole COVID, I feel like NASCAR is the one sport where fans get the most opportunities to interact. Oh, absolutely. With their drivers, they get the closest to their to their idols than most other sports do and yeah so it's it's just it, it is it's so welcoming for it's just heartbreaking that social media is as ugly as it is because when you do go to a race yeah you have your your bad apple here and there but it's usually someone who's been drinking since 4 a.m and they're, uh -huh. they're off the rocker mm -hmm. but everyone i've ever met has been really nice at racetracks we've made so many friends and it's yeah you know my one thing i say to people is you have to go to a race like even right. my workers i'm like one day I'm going to try to work it out to where I can bring all of us to a race and give you guys a real experience because watching it on TV is fun, but to some, it could be boring. But when you go to that track and you hear those engines start, yeah. 
the little kid in you comes out and you get excited. Absolutely. (laughs) So I, yeah, there's, there's nothing like an actual race. And that's, that's what I try to tell people just go to one race, even if it's Mm -hmm. a short track race, uh, Mm -hmm. somewhere close to where you live. Mm -hmm. If you've never been to a race, go to a race, a drag race, a circle track race, asphalt, dirt. I don't care what it is. Anything, any kind of a race, experience it for yourself. Go into the pits if you can mm-hmm. get the whole experience because I, you know, I watch it on TV when I can't be there, but it's not the same. It's mm-hmm. like going to a pro football game and in, in, you know, live and watching it on TV. Yep. There's nothing, it's not the same. So yep. we have to get more people at the track and especially yeah. we got to get those women to understand that it is for them and Absolutely. we want them there and there's so many opportunities you know another thing I do because I have granddaughters that race and and uh, they're not going to be the next NASCAR girl mm-hmm. you know they're just not but would they like to be involved in that in some kind of racing you know job there's hundreds of jobs that yeah. women can fulfill and be involved in racing and that's another thing that I like to, you know, educate women and educate young girls on, hey, you like photography, you could be the team photographer or whatever right. it might be. Absolutely. Or you like travel, you could be the one booking all the hotels. You can I mean, be PR, so you can do anything. You know, I, back when I wanted, when I was saying I wanted to do drag, drag racing school, I don't even know, that wasn't even like an actual school to go to, but I thought so. But the thing is, if I would have known back then about even NASCAR and even the drag racing scene, NHRA, anything, if I would have known back then that I could still pursue a career in motorsports, I have no doubt in my mind I would have had a job because I'm the type of person when I put my mind to something, I do it. And that's how I got into x-ray and everything. And so to me, this is the closest, if this is the closest I get to having a career in NASCAR, it's still fun for me. I'm talking to people in the industry and I feel like after, for the most part, after we have a show, our guests usually become, like you said, like family, like friends, mm-hmm. we keep in touch with these people. We make genuine connections. Right. And when we interview them, we try our best to come up with questions that they're not normally getting asked. Cause they get, you know, they get the same questions, the car, the track, Next how did you week. feel when the car wrecked yeah well, how do you think I felt <laughs> yeah yeah what happened in turn three on lap 75 like they get that question enough so we right. really spend time coming up with questions that are about them as an individual their background we want to bring those stories out of them most of our favorite questions are like what's one of your favorite memories what's a lesson you've learned what's the funniest thing that's happened in the car or you know something that gets them loosened up they realize we care about them we don't care about their title so to speak exactly and for the most part they find we find that a lot of people appreciate that and have a good time and that's how we've become close with so many people because we we have a good time and we just like to to talk like humans not oh yeah. you're you know like when eddie was on it's like oh you're eddie DeHaan, which and of course in the back of my head i was like this is really cool but i was just so interested in talking to the human being and getting to know yeah. him and his history and you know, and you're building relationships. It's exactly. not about it's not about who they are or how famous they are. Right. You're building relationships, and like I said, they're all people. Exactly. They have and, cool jobs. That's about it. They've got yeah. cool jobs. A lot of people know their name, but at the end of the day, they're human beings, and that's yeah. like I said, that's why I feel for these drivers that you know when people are hating on them and booing them and. I do too. You know, people like Kyle Busch thrive off it. So, you know, when he gets booed, I'm like, yeah, good for him. It's just giving him more fuel to, it to is. perform better. But somebody like, you know, Anthony Alfredo, and he has a mistake on pit road and people are tearing him apart. I'm like, that kid is like the sweetest dude, mm-hmm. the sweetest guy. He cares so much about being, it. he's yeah. just grateful every race that he was in a car in the cup series. And he's always like, I'm going to do better. This is what I'm going to improve on. And that's a lot of what I liked in young Chase Elliott. And he's still yeah. to this day, Chase is always talking about what he did wrong and what he can improve. He was he always so out hard of on himself. He still is. He's and yeah, hard. he's still, he's better, but he, he's so hard on himself, even if it was something that he had no control over. Yeah. If he got wrecked out, he will still find something that he could have done better. Yeah. And that's a good and bad thing. It's good because he knows he can always improve and he's, he's not one that thinks he's too, too no. good. But he needs to realize, you know, give yourself a break once in a while. But it's you know, racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Racing. And 
that's what I love about it. So I agree. I look forward to talking to a lot more people um, coming up this season. So. so why don't you share now? How can people listen? Where's where is your podcast at? And whatever else you want to share, because I want people to get on and follow you and listen to your podcast. Of course. Um, so our podcast has a social media page on Twitter. It's at fastlap underscore podcast. Um, and then I have my personal account, which is at C T Latrell, L-U-T-T-R-E-L-L-9. And then my co-host Deb is at Deb D-E-B underscore Nicole 38 because it's Anthony, she's an Alfredo fan. So, okay. um, and then we do have an Instagram, but it's not that active. It's also fast lap underscore podcast. And our show can be found on a lot of the main podcasts. There's Apple podcasts, um, iTunes, 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 iHeart, iTunes, iHeart radio, Spotify, uh, Podbean, podcast addict, if, and our main page is on Buzzsprout. So if you just Google fast lap with Chrissy and Deb, we'll be there and you'll find okay. us. <laughs> So. All right. That's awesome. And I, I will meet you one day in person yes. as well. I know we will. I won't be at Charlotte this year, <laughs> but um, I will be at Phoenix for the championship. So maybe I'm you guys will have I to wish. take a mom trip. <laughs> I will. I, you know, I have not totally closed the book on that. I would love to be able to go, especially if Chase somehow gets into the championship yeah. and pull off a second win. If he doesn't, it's cool. I get it. But um, yeah, and I'll tell you, Melinda, we'll have to have you on our show one time too. Okay, would love to. Garrett, so I'd love to do that. That sounds great. Absolutely. Well, Chrissy, I appreciate that we finally got our schedules to match up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, you're a busy mom, and and um, I've been trying. I'm trying to build a barn dominium, and it's oh boy, oh my gosh, yeah. There's all <laughs> we're we're a little bit homeless. We um, sold our home last November. Mm -hmm. and um lived in an our we've lived in our our rv which is okay most married couples probably would be divorced by now but <laughs> my husband and i get along great and um i absolutely loved being uh in arizona part of the time where my daughters and grand grandkids yes. some of them are and um honestly i could live in it full time, but my husband needs some space. So <laughs> <laughs> understandable. That's my goal weld, one day. He has a welding business part time. And so he, he, that's yeah. kind of his thing where, yeah, you know, this is my thing. And so he yeah. has to have a space to do that. So we're, we're Absolutely. working to build a barn dominium. And if you don't know what that is, you should Google it. That's okay. really, really cool. But, Absolutely. um, I will see you at some point and meet yeah. you and Deb and I'm excited to do that. And I'll be listening as well and um anytime i can help or do anything for you you let me know so thank um, you been great to to meet you and i hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend thank you you too you have a great day thanks for having me on oh you're welcome chrissy thanks bye bye thank you for listening to racing girls rock podcast follow us on facebook at international women's motorsports association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com.